Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Miyazaki Man podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Joanne of Arc. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, no, much appreciated. So you you've been traveling lately, right, for for work? Yes,、um, I work in the esports gaming scene, and、um, there's just a lot of travel involved because we do events around the world. Absolutely, and they're like big productions as well. A lot of planning goes into it, a lot of hard work and preparation. But when the show kicks off, then everyone just tunes in straight away. Like, is it kind of thrilling to see everyone enjoying and really excited about that whole esports scene? Because it's really blown up in the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, my first experience、um, in like just going to an esports event, I was probably like just out of college, twenty fifteen ish, and、um, yeah, it was really surprising how many people go and like just the atmosphere、yeah. and like how into like the game and everything is. It's really cool. Absolutely, absolutely, and、um, a lot of these、um, uh, celebrities and, and big players are kind of larger than life. But when you meet them in person and you go to the events, they're really, really friendly. Like I, I spoke to Bjergsen, Doublelift, Froggen back in the day. They're all lovely people, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we have to remember they are just people, and、uh, some are easier to work with than others. Like、uh, sure. my past experience, I. Used to work as a referee at the LCS, so I worked closely—not super closely,、wow. but like I worked on stage with you know like、yes. Bjergsen and like all the big、mm. names. And、um, I stopped refereeing in about 2020 when I transitioned to my current job. So、okay. yeah, cool, makes sense, makes sense. And I guess that completely leads into the,、um, the anime kind of weeb scene as well, because into kind of esports, you know, people kind of like their the online gaming. They probably like the anime, the manga, the the kind of Japanese scene as well. So how how did you first get introduced and started with with anime and and manga? <laughs> yeah, so it, it did actually start after I got into esports and gaming. So I worked、um, with one of my colleagues. Her name is Avali, and she's like super into anime culture. And she got me, <laughs> she got me to start watching. So I think my first anime that I really got into was My Hero Academia. And oh yeah, I liked how、um, just like accessible it was. It wasn't like extremely violent or fan servicey.、Mm. And so like I fell in love with it. And then I just started exploring and, and like found other shows that I really liked. Absolutely, it is very fun-loving show and kind of anime, and it's a very good introduction to the kind of anime world as well. And and you mentioned it wasn't too too fan servicey, but just looking at the backdrop, so your your tastes have evolved evolved over time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's pretty interesting because like when I first got into figure collecting, which wasn't until、uh, early last year, twenty twenty one, I like saw my first bunny figure. I forget which one it was, probably zero two or something, and I was like,、sure. oh, this is interesting. I don't know if it's my taste, but after. Seeing it everywhere and like seeing how many varieties there were,、um, Danganronpa is one of my favorite games,、oh, yes. and、uh, Chiaki was my first one fourth figure that I bought.、Oh, and、nice. yeah, and like she was just so cool. I love her as a character. I love her at, like in the game. So、um, that got me started on one fourths after I saw like how cool they looked.、Um, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> Absolutely no, I, and I'm so glad that you mentioned Danganronpa. So seriously, straight into the kind of、uh, mystery detective scene. Like obviously, you'll you'll recognise the、um, the little Danganronpa、Aww. crew that we we have here. So all <laughs> the all the little weeb merch that you collect over time. So yeah,、uh, have you、um, have you seen that new game coming out based on the same design of Danganronpa? It's、uh, Master Detective coming out on the, on the Switch. Yeah, I have heard of it. It sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely going to get into that. So, do do you find that you have much time for gaming at the moment, or is is life work balance quite hectic and mainly into to purchasing stuff? 
Yeah, I would say it's pretty like our work cycle uh, revolves heavily around the events and currently we're right oh. in the middle of the biggest event of the year, the World Championship. Yes, absolutely. So haven't had a lot of time to play games. Um, I do yeah. play TFT here and there just because it's okay. pretty easy to just play one round and then, you know, get back to exactly. doing other things. Um, but yeah, between that and trying to like record for videos mm. on the side, since it's sure. really like just like a passion hobby project for me, um, mm. I don't have a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's better to be busy than bored, right? So that's at least that's something. Mm -hmm. um, on, on the video front, when you first started your kind of YouTube channel, so you just mentioned it as a hobby and passion at the moment, but obviously you've, you've blown up, you've got a fan following, uh, you've got a nice Discord as well. When you first started the YouTube, what was the kind of initial idea behind it? What did you want to upload and, and show to the world? Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. I used to be um, like a content creator on Twitch a long time ago, like 2015, 2016. Okay. Um, and I really liked the connection that you can build with like a community and like people with like-minded interests, um, which really got me into gaming and esports. But after I've been working in that scene for a long time, I realized I didn't really know anything about YouTube or like making videos, editing, and like cool. I just really find enjoyment in learning new things and being creative. So when I first got into figure collecting, I watched a lot of the uh, creators at the time, like Daijo, yes. Boo Boo, and like Ken Ken, yeah. um, you know, wonderful creators like that. And I just thought like, huh, I would maybe try to like, you know, learn how to make videos. And um, I don't just like showcase my hobby. I didn't really think or want an audience. I'm happy that it happened. Um, yeah. Really humbled that it happened, but it <laughs> definitely wasn't the goal. <laughs> Well deserved though, well deserved because, you know, over time you kind of evolve your, your kind of releases and your kind of content uh, matures as well. You've got that fan audience. They, I guess the really good thing about your, your channel is, is your kind of vibe. So it's very kind of happy-go-lucky, really awesome, really kind of chill, just following along and you can see the excitement as well. And I guess that's the real fun part of being in this particular community is that everyone it gives you a kind of heartwarming feeling seeing the unboxing seeing the figure seeing the excitement the joy in your face if tragedy happens if you drop the figure or peace breaks you know all that kind of stuff it's it's part of the experience that everyone goes through right when the figure arrives at your door you've got the figure in hand you open it up where do you display them it really is that kind of fulfillment and it's kind of like a, a passion project as well do you find that youtube is your kind of creative outlet to you know it's completely your channel you can do what you want the direction you want the tone you want is that creative outlet, right? Yeah, definitely. I create, edit, source, pick music for my like my, my videos. So it's like a full process. It takes a lot of time, but I re I do really enjoy the process. Absolutely. So when you have the the kind of idea, do you already plan how you want the the kind of overall flow of the video to go in terms of composition, in terms of the things you're going to show, in the order, or do you just have a kind of concept, turn the camera on, and off you go and improvise and pure Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a general formula that I follow. So like I film like my intro and outro pieces separate from the actual unboxings um, just because I like to keep those separate and I like the focus yep. of the video to be on the unboxing portion on the figures and like how much craftsmanship and beauty is like in each of those products so um i try to make it less about me even though i really enjoy it um and i love like just showing it off um sure. but yeah i typically like get the boxes a lot of them are still sitting in my room right now getting ready for the next videos <laughs> but um so like i'll open it and then um typically i'll do like the unboxing portion and then like the 360 you know view of the, yes. the figures and then just you. like yeah. 
yeah, like detail views. And then I follow that general guideline for each figure that I show. Mm. I'm trying to think of like, um, you know, like when I have free time after this event is over, like maybe trying to like, I don't know, find some new ways to showcase the figures or like, you know, bring some kind of freshness to the video. Because right now, yeah, it does follow a pattern. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, what works, works. So for example, with with Ken Ken, I I love Ken Ken stuff. He he is, oh, (laughs) it's like, yeah, (laughs) I love watching his videos in the spare time, you know, great, great vibe, great dude as well. Um, So what would you say is the main difference between the videos when you started and the kind of level you're at now? What would you say is the main things that you could notice if you look back? Yeah, I would say that like, um, I mean, I've upgraded some of my setup. So like my a lot of my background has changed. I've also upgraded my camera since like I used I used to have like a really old DSLR, which like didn't okay. autofocus like it was a pain <laughs> to like it was a real pain to to film. And so like upgrading the camera and stuff makes it a lot um, smoother. I guess of a uh, process I would also say like I feel more comfortable talking about the figures and like Mm. after doing a lot more research and having a lot of different um, varieties I feel like um, it's just been easier to talk about what I'm looking at sure that makes sense to me makes sense to me and in terms of like you mentioned you want the video to kind of stand alone you want to show the beauty of the figure the craftsmanship the art the actual idea and concept and the feeling that that figure kind of conveys but obviously on on the side of that as well a lot of your fans are fans because they've seen your amazing cosplay and they're obviously following (laughs) your your instagram and and you have some badass cosplay i've seen them you know it's not that's not amateur level that is fantastic stuff so (laughs) How much are you still into the kind of cosplay scene and those kind of events and general gatherings and the photography around that? Well, thank you. Um, I <laughs> I also got into cosplay as just kind of like a um, my need to like understand that world. Like I've seen a lot of amazing cosplayers and like yeah. I just always try to like learn and like I feel like doing it is like the best way of learning. Um, sure. So I got into cosplay a couple years ago. I would say that I don't have as much time for it now between all my other hobbies and my work um, obligations. Um, mm-hmm. But I am hoping to like still sprinkle it in here and there. So we'll see. I mean, I know a lot of people have asked to like incorporate it into some of my videos, you know, so I'm yes. thinking about that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Diversifying the kind of look and feel and approach. And, you know, you're talented at both worlds, so why not combine them and see, <laughs> see what magic happens? Yeah, so just to, just to put you on the spot then. So if you had to tell me your favorite cosplay, your favorite individual figure, i.e. if you could only keep one figure, all the others disappeared, and your favorite game as well, because you're, you know, you've got the best of all worlds, really. What would those be? Your favorite cosplay, your favorite figure, and your favorite game? Hmm, that's tough. Um, I would say my favorite cosplay that I've done is probably Mikasa from Attack on Titan. Um, she was really the, the the character that I feel like I, you know, could get into the most, like sure. feel and character, and like actually um, feel like I portrayed her well. Okay. Um, yep. So, and if I could do it, like you know, in a more like outdoor setting and like just bring more justice to that cosplay in the future (laughs) that's something i would maybe try to redo um favorite figure that's really hard because you have to think about um there's a lot of attachment a lot of thought goes behind it do you go for a big scale do you go for one with a backstory that you know really is sentimental (laughs) right yeah if i'm going sentimental route i would say my chiaki figure um just because yeah 
first bunny, one of my favorite characters. I think they did a great job with her. Um, I also really like the Megumin E-string figure from Konosuba. Oh, yes. I feel like of yeah. all the figures I've heard, this one like really portrays her and like her uh, magic, mm -hmm. yeah, the best. So those those two I think are my top two. Excellent, excellent. In regards to the game, what would be the the one game that you'd you'd have constantly on and you couldn't drop it? <laughs> Well, I mean, League of Legends is the game that I was the most into at like at any part in my life. I don't really play it that much anymore, but um, that really got that like kind of changed my life because after I started playing League of Legends, I know what you mean. I yeah, like it got. I was so hooked on it. I was <laughs> current like at the time. I was working at a software company straight out of college. Mm -hmm. I was taking a year off to like study for law school and like go back to school, yeah. but mm -hmm. uh, my coworkers. My dear coworkers introduced me to League of Legends, and I was like, "Sure, let's give it a try." Um, I got hooked. I quit my job. I started streaming full time. Wow. Started working at Riot Games, and oh, here I am. <laughs> so I changed my life. I would say, yeah, that's my favorite game. I don't play it that much anymore, but mm. if I had to choose a game that I love to play currently, yeah. um, maybe the Danganronpa series. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like the variety there. So you've got one which you're kind of immersed in in the world of League of Legends, and once you're you're in there, right, you have the full highs and and the lows, and you know that what the whole ecosystem is like. So obviously, this is a little bit personal, but what was the maximum level of saltiness and and uh, you've ever experienced in the game? What was that moment that you're like? just head in hands but you got to queue again because <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> i don't think there's like only one time honestly um i do clearly remember so like when i used to stream and this is how i met my husband he sure. would he like joined one of my games and like he's he's really good at the game um yeah. he was on the opposite team because we were doing a custom lobby okay. and he was playing nocturne i was playing the support on my team and he just kept killing <laughs> our team over and over again and I was so yeah. salty because like everything that I tried to do to not die didn't work and I was like what is going on this is not oh. fun oh I know I know what you mean maybe, maybe that was a ploy maybe he did that to get your attention so you couldn't forget that game couldn't forget him couldn't forget the imagery he's planted himself in your mind that's true I mean it worked here we are you know like seven years later <laughs> you've done well excellent yeah and uh, in terms of Danganronpa obviously uh, I love I love that series as well have you have you seen anime as well Danganronpa mm -hmm. I did yeah which, yeah yeah which would you say you prefer the game or the anime I feel like definitely the game I like more. Mm. I feel like it's deeper. I feel like there's you can develop a stronger attachment to most of the characters. Um, the anime, I really appreciate that it goes like it kind of expands the story and also provides like a background to like, you know, the tragedy that happens. Right. Yeah. So I think it provides a really full picture to do both. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And um, I completely kind of follow along that vibe because, you know, Steins Gate, Steins mm -hmm. Gate. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing the uh, the master version on, on the Switch, which is why I haven't actually watched the anime yet. So when everyone talks about the Makise Kurusu kind of bunny figure and they're like, the anime is great. I'm like, it probably is, but I haven't watched it yet because I'm only halfway <laughs> through the game. But you get kind of immersed because you're actually playing it, right? And you've got to interact with it. You really do get that sense of attachment and you kind of understand and you really follow everything closely. Whereas when you're watching anime, it's obviously fun. Uh, I'm assuming you watch subs, right? So uh, 
Yes. You watch the anime subs, yeah. yeah. How how is your um? Do you know any Japanese? Do you, do you have I any? <laughs> I I mean I know a little tiny bit from watching okay. anime. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. The kind of weeb Japanese, the phrases right from <laughs> the big mm-hmm. series. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, like that's I think that's the kind of difference between when you're playing a game and you immerse yourself and you interact with it. And it, obviously, if you keep playing it, it must be a great game. It must be a great story and and gets you hooked as well. But there's the um. There's a visual novels in Japan, which is not an area that I've touched yet. Have you ever tried any of those visual novels? Of Steinsgate? Of of like anything like the Fate series or any of the kind of girly kind of um, visual novels where you obviously go through the kind of text-based games. Have you tried any of those? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think does Danganronpa count as one? That's very interesting. Does does is that classed as a visual novel? It's more of a mystery detective work. Out. It's kind of like a puzzle, more of a puzzle game, isn't it? <laughs> the, well, the trials I, yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, trials. Yes. I played Doki Doki Literature Club, which okay, that, that would definitely be counts, right? <laughs> that would definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very interesting game. I do, I did yeah. like it. Um, yeah. Trying to think, have I played other visual novels? I do like the style of them. I didn't play the Fate mm. series. Um, I also started the Steinsgate game, but I okay. didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think I've done yeah. others. Dibbed and dabbed, and yeah, gave it a go. That's cool. That's cool. And in terms of like, obviously, you're you're relatively new to the the figure hobby collection, um, but your display already kind of looks immaculate, like in terms of a backdrop, how you're pushing <laughs> things together. So what what is your kind of thought process? Do you put the, the ones that are visually appealing together or they have to be in the same series or the ones you want to stand out because of your favorites what is the kind of uh, design aspect of your current display i try to keep a lot of similar themes similar series together so like here this is like my shinobu shelf yeah. um up here is more of my year camp figures down here is like pokemon so i do try to keep them all relatively similar um series currently because like they tend to have um really good aesthetically like mm. cohesiveness i guess if that's yeah. a word um <laughs> yeah and then like my bunny figures i have some in the middle and then like over there off to the side as well absolutely and sure, speaking of bunny figures surely you've got a junko and Ashima on on pre-order completing I, your danganronpa yes. <laughs> i think i have two of them on pre-order <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> you never know you never know absolutely no i i agree with that and in terms of bunny figures do you um stretch out to the more diverse binding and and the kind of more lewd and, and naughty naughty ones or are you you more happy with the the character and uh, the freeing variants at the moment so i have mostly the free, freeing ones i think mostly because the binding ones are like you have to buy them direct through native and then yeah. like if mm. you don't really get them in pre-order they tend to be pretty expensive on the aftermarket yes. so i think i have i have one binding figure um mm. like my first one that i pre-ordered i think it was like the maria one okay, with yes. the wings i think i thought yes. it was really pretty um and then i think i have one other on pre-order but i don't have a lot yeah, makes sense. Makes sense to me. And on on the topic of pre-orders, so are you one that when you see the figure, you need to pre-order it straight away because you know, right? As a keeper, I love that series. I love that character. I love that pose. Or do you take time to kind of work through the whole uh, variety of pre-orders available and then carefully select it, not to overload your list? Because I know which which type I am, but uh, I'm keen <laughs> to hear from you. <laughs> 
definitely when I first started collecting, I was like, ooh, that looks great, pre-ordered. That looks great, pre-ordered. And it was like, yeah. And like after a while, I started looking at my list and I'm like, ooh, I got like six figures this month. I should probably cancel some of them. So I've been more selective recently. Um, and yeah, now I have them more like, I have, I'll have i have them bookmarked on AmiAmi or I have them like in a wish list or something and like come back mm. to it. I try to come back to it before the pre-order period ends and like decide. But if I do end up like putting it on the back burner and then like miss the pre-order window, then I'm like, mm. well, it's a sign that I didn't really want it that much. Yeah. So then yeah. I don't try to buy it. And then when it releases, I have to go through that process again. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 because it comes out and you see everyone like showcasing it, and you're like, oh, I was really considering that. That looks really pretty. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I know that. I know the feeling there. So that kind of feeling, if we see on that kind of theme, which one was the last one that you regret not pre-ordering that you saw when it was released? Hmm, that's a good question. I maybe some of the Arknights figures I think there was like the Hoshiguma oh, nice. one that I was like really eyeing with the shield Hoshiguma, yes. uh, do you have it yeah right on the floor there on the oh, floor there nice. I, I put it just below the arena one I'm, I'm like I'm dying to open that one up but I actually have <laughs> um two other Arknights ones I want to open up in the same video but they're in the in the other place at the moment so just got them oh. together nice yeah let me know what you think about it because i was really on the fence like i had it pre-ordered i canceled it had it in my like uh shopping list i didn't end up buying it and then okay. now i'm kind of thinking about it but i think that's like the only one because like i play arc knights that was yes. one of the um yeah same that was one of the operators that i got and i was like really okay. excited because a lot of the other figures that are out like i don't have them in the game so i don't have like any sort attachment. of real attachment yeah, yeah. So, but that one I was really considering. And, oh, you're giving me kind of flashbacks and the kind of um, reminiscing now because Hoshiguma was my first top level um, shield operator, defense. And mm -hmm. at the time, because I, I love tier lists and stuff like that. And for <laughs> yeah. some reason, she wasn't as high as uh, Seria on, on, the, on the tier list. And I thought, why? She's badass. She's strong. She can destroy <laughs> troops as well. But I used her from day one because she was the only top level one I had. And I used her throughout the whole game. You know, everything, every content, I always used her. So mm -hmm. I knew I had to order her. But the thing with living in Japan is licensing for Arknights being a Chinese company is a bit mm -hmm. um, dodge. So she was on Ami Ami, but it said not available for residents in Japan. So mm -hmm. I had to order her directly from, I think it's Fnex or somewhere else mm -hmm. who, who actually released her. So, you know, when you go through the process of going to other sites and going through the effort to register, order her, then you know it's something that you really, you probably <laughs> do really, really want. So That's no hesitation true. for no hesitation for me but on art nights though this is a character maybe not everyone uses that schwartz figure you've seen that schwartz figure mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, yes. is that on your list is definitely on, list? on my list i have it bookmarked yeah. i haven't pulled the trigger yet but yeah okay. she looks amazing yeah she's expensive expensive though yes. but uh that dynamic pose and i i did use her for a lot of content as well so i had to put mm. her straight away um just reading between the lines here you're more well behaved than I am. You've bookmarked it, which means you need to open it up again to see it. Whereas mine are on tabs. I must have like 120 tabs open right now. So every time I open my laptop, they all pop up straight away in my face. Oh <laughs> so, no. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I've definitely gone a bit overboard. But the thing is, it's not all figures. Like, do you mm -hmm. collect other stuff apart from figures? The kind of weave merch, like earrings, acrylic stands. I've seen you've got some tapestry war scrolls as well, music boxes. What What is the um, the range of, of the things you're collecting or actively looking for at the moment? 
Yeah, definitely figures are number one. I have yep. um, a, a decent sized manga collection that I'm trying to like also slow down. So I'm trying to get mm -hmm. through all the the manga that I have purchased cycle. before. Yeah. yeah, before I like you know start to cycle through some others. Um, wall scrolls, yes, I have a bunch in my room that I'm still trying to find like all the space that I need to put them up because they're pretty big and um, yeah like they're so easy to buy like oh this this art looks amazing this looks great and then I just have a bunch and like I see some in your corner over there like I have like a also a little collection where I'm like I really want to display them but I don't have space <laughs> yeah I know I know what you mean Joanne like I'm gonna let you in on a little secret so that that little wall scroll bucket there there, there was a phase when I thought figures, I've got too many figures, I don't know how to display them, which is completely contradictory because War Scrolls <laughs> take even more space. Times that box by 60. I've got 60 of those those oh, little wow. little boxes and containers, which I will show you post, post, uh, <laughs> post this video. Um, but yeah, War Scrolls were my kind of big addiction at the time because they're just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just the War Scrolls, I accompanied them with art books as well. I really like mm -hmm. some of the um, creative designs. And even though they haven't been made into figures, some of the designs for some characters by, you know, these, these artists are astounding. You just look at it and you can appreciate the the creativity to think of that concept and then the ability to actually make that drawing in one combined book which are actually quite cheap as well mm -hmm. wow do, do, are you into art books as well i like the idea of them i don't own any of them i don't i'm like scared to start collecting new things because <laughs> i like get really into stuff when i'm like excited about it and like oh you're so like you me know <laughs> for my wallet i'm trying to be good <laughs> yeah yeah you hear in the community a lot my wallet is crying my wallet is screaming why is it yeah. empty all that kind of stuff and it yeah. is so true and i guess i unlocked kind of pandora's box by moving to japan the sheer quantity of stuff that is now within my grasp that's available for me to get <laughs> i i have three wallets i'm not even gonna lie i have three wallets one like <laughs> one is that day-to-day normal doing stuff one is just holding lots of notes if i really want to splurge if i go to tokyo or somewhere you know for like a, a weekend trip which I, I just came back from then i'll bring, bring the big one and the other one is just like um, a coin wallet for it might be coin purse or something you know just for the arcades so you just put your 100 yen 100 yen in and i, I love those grabbing machines as well do you, yes. do you play those kind of scenes are I you love, good are you any good i don't know if i would consider myself good but the, the one time <laughs> i was in japan i spent yeah. like i don't know a couple hours in um mm. Akihabara at like the claw machines and I was I was having the time of my life Amazing. <laughs> yeah it was yeah. so fun but I always had to have one of the attendants come and like help me because I was so bad at them but I ended up That's always the getting the yeah. prize <laughs> absolutely absolutely wow I mean for first time and being in Akihabara you know I love it the guts the confidence you're like can you help me out to me Masen? put it closer <laughs> to the uh, edge or reset it please or, or teach me how wow you've got the moves Gerard, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I read up on it yeah and they were so nice love it love it yeah they, they really are um they, i will release another video i think my second ever video on this youtube channel was um how to catch those claw machine toys cheaply because my my son and daughter now as well um they they love those soft cuddly toys so i'm always on the weekend out and about trying to grab you know whichever series they like and, and what they like Aww. so I've, I've mastered the art of getting them as cheaply as possible so if you ever come Aww. back We've got to go on a little tour of Akihabara or wherever. We'll get you loads of... Uh... <laughs> Definitely. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And speaking of your trip to Japan, so 
was that kind of just um i'm assuming time off going on holiday exploring japan for the first time seeing all the kind of touristy stuff and sightseeing stuff like what was the initial uh plan behind that trip yeah so in 2018 we had our um last event in korea and mm. i was there until the very end and japan is so close to korea i'd, I'd always cool. been interested in, in visiting so we took a week to go to japan we stayed in tokyo the whole time and then yeah. one of those days we we were in akihabara which was so much fun i love the sure. vibes and like mm. unfortunately at that time i wasn't into like anime as much like i didn't know oh, yeah. um a lot of the different series other than like my hero um yes. yeah because that was like my first introduction like that was the year i got into it so uh -huh. if i went now i think it would be a different story but <laughs> absolutely yeah because now you're equipped you know all of the series you know the kind of price points of the figures what what is rare what you're kind of looking for um wow you'll be in serious danganronpa mode like analyzing scrutinizing <laughs> the whole shelves and <laughs> right yeah mandarake sounds like it'd be so cool to visit mandarake did you go to mandarake when you went there the first time around I think I did, but I wasn't like I went with a friend and like she was really into it, so like okay. I was just kind of accompanying her, but I didn't really understand and like it was it's like a lot to take in. So yes. yeah, yes. I didn't really know what I was looking at, <laughs> to be honest. Sure, sure, absolutely. And especially because if you did go in the Mandarake in Akihabara, it's a little bit overwhelming because it's like a single tower with a spiral staircase and every floor is like a dedicated section, but the the place you can walk is so narrow so literally mm -hmm. you're having to avoid people and the shelves are stacked vertically and you know in depth as well so you really need to know what you're looking for you'll spend hours and hours in the, in the right. going through the stuff yeah. yeah and like there's another place as well that i i highly recommend in and around tokyo there's a place called nakano nakano broadway have you mm -hmm. heard of it i have heard of it yes yep so this is um, this kind of indoor mall um, has several floors as well, but they've got, I think, three or four Mandarake shops and a lot of secondhand shops. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate those ones because those are the ones you can really find the unboxed or slightly damaged figures for really premium kind of discount prices. And because it's in Japan, they take so good care of the figures anyway. Like mm -hmm. if you're talking about box damage, but the figure is in pristine condition, they might even take like Ichiman 10,000 yen or something off the figure. And it's insane what you can you wow. can find there what, what's your yeah. kind of thoughts on new figures against b rank figures against unbox figures what's your, your kind of take on that um i am all for the pre-owned market like a lot of my figures i actually yes. bought um just like secondhand <laughs> and like mm. even if there is like like you said a little bit of damage or like it's marked as like a b rank uh, they typically look new to me and like sure. i personally don't really mind if there's like a, a nick on the box like it's not gonna affect my enjoyment <laughs> of the figure itself so yeah. i'm glad that there is a pre-owned market and it also gives me confidence that if you know in the future you know i fall out of love with something or out of this hobby yeah. like then i know that my figures can go to a good home at like a pretty yeah like pretty easy uh like navigation i guess of it because like people are so into buying pre-owned figures yeah there's a big market and the community is really really good in that regard and i really appreciate like what you said in regards to someone else can really enjoy and appreciate the figure because i think everyone you know everyone has to admit that over time because your figure collection grows and grows there will be some figures that you're like you know i really enjoyed that figure i appreciated that figure but maybe someone else it's time for someone else to enjoy it or you need to sell it you know to make the space or sometimes you know financial decision and it's quite a liquid market in regards to as you mentioned people appreciate pre-owned figures if you take good care of them and a lot of the times these figures you know they are popular characters 
their fans all across the world you'll always find someone you know who's, who's willing to uh, take that off your hand but at the same time i do find a little bit it takes time to make those advert listings and and you know find the right audience at the right price point and especially when you know you really need to clear 10 figures because you've got 10 pre-orders coming <laughs> space doesn't you know it's not infinite right so right it's a big consideration bunny figures as well my goodness i, I, I just remembered you you love your one four scales <laughs> <laughs> i do yes and i have sold a few of the figures that i don't feel like fit in my collection anymore and yeah it does take so much time like just packing it up making sure everything's clean and like mm. writing description for everything sending out invoices and like you know actually taking it to the post office to ship like it's a lot of time it really is it really is but something that helps me pass the time um it's one of the little weave merch that i've been really into in the past year is is music boxes mm -hmm. so i when i'm doing anime related stuff obviously you can play it on youtube and you can you know do all the, the standard stuff to, to pass the time but i really like winding up these kind of music boxes so i wonder if you'll recognize this one it's from one of your favorite animes by the way so there's this nice little music box here um you'll probably recognize it Does sound familiar. I'm gonna hide this image by the way. I just realized <laughs> that you could probably see. <laughs> I wasn't looking. Okay, it's very He's courageous. Heart, put your heart on fire. Oh, is it Persona? No. Actually, that, that's a good vibe. You said Persona, but it's not from a game, it's from an anime. One of your favorite animes. Now I feel Tragic dumb. Story. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So this was the uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba Rangoku uh, oh. from the from the movie. Okay. I think okay. one of the sad scenes. It might be when he passed away or something. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really digging these kind of music boxes at at the moment because um, they just it gives you that kind of childhood melody and a kind of mm -hmm. childhood lullaby and. I feel that it really kind of tugs on your heartstrings. I'm sure, I'm sure um, you'll recognize this one. This is one that my little daughter really, really appreciates. A little bit old school, a little bit back in the day. Would have been on like... Hmm. Toonami, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon? I think for a brief period as well, yeah. To do with Moonlight. It's Sailor Moon? <laughs> it's Sailor Moon, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't so, know yeah. why, yeah, hearing it in that, uh, like, musical box version, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, so I, I love playing these little kind of um, little tunes because I, I just feel that um, it brings back the kind of childhood memories of, like, when you first started watching anime and, and kind of getting into the scene because it really blew up, I would say, in the last five years or so, you know, mainstream anime, uh, My Hero Academia, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, My Dress Up Darling. But before then, it was kind of a little bit divisive in society, right? Obviously, when, you know, some people really like it, there's kind of Western cartoons, Dragon Ball was, was always mm -hmm. big. What would you say when you were younger, what were you exposed to in terms of the kind of anime scene? Yeah, I think growing up, anime wasn't huge, especially amongst like my friends. Um, mm. But like, I know Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, like that was all available on like, they were like English dubbed. So I didn't yes. even know they were like Japanese oh, <laughs> when, yeah, I was, sure, when I was younger. <laughs> um, and like, I was really into more like 
Western cartoons, so like SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents,、okay. yeah, like yeah. Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, like that was my jam for sure. But I did love Dragon Ball Z, and like I think、um, what else was really popular? It was like Gundam. I think Gundam was popular. Gundam. Yeah.、What's- I can imagine Gundam is very popular. Did you watch the? Did you end up going to the different Gundam series? So I'm assuming it was Gundam Wing or Gundam Seed or which was the Gundam that you watched? I think it was Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing, yeah, of course, yeah. in America, yeah, yeah, with Hiro Yuri. Ah, speaking of which, um, I did have the Relina Peacecraft from from Gundam Wing. Um, I ordered her a while ago, but I I didn't quite get the Hiro Yuri because I always thought he was overpriced. But only、mm-hmm. yesterday I found a damaged box version for I think. Eleven thousand yen. So finally, the the Gundam Wing collection will be、uh, <laughs> sitting、oh, next、nice. to each other. <laughs> That's、Probably. awesome. Yeah, but that that was like an impulse purchase. Like I I'm I'm an absolute glutton for. Oh my god, I want it. I need it. Buy it. So I'm I impulse buy like crazy, and obviously that's why I've ended up with so so many things. <laughs> What was the last thing that you kind of um you had to buy straight away? You didn't put thought behind it. You're like click it, but you're not sure now that. It's actually something that、uh, <laughs> you were like, hundred percent need. Actually, the last thing I impulse bought without thinking was the SpongeBob Nendoroid. Okay.、Uh, <laughs> so random, <laughs> but I ended up buying three of them because I was like, I don't, because I like Nendoroids, but I don't、yeah. like to like mess around with them once they're in their、oh, set position, and because、like、they're me, so、yeah. finicky and like they always fall apart, and like I hate it when the arms pop off.、Um, <sighs> So to combat that, I bought three different SpongeBob Nendoroids so I can display all the things I want. Yeah, without having to. That's amazing. To,、like... <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> I can't believe it. So you buy you buy the same figure to show the different variations. I I, I completely understand. It's so fiddly, and I I don't want to break it. It's hassle to move them around. But that's commitment. Free SpongeBob figure <laughs> Nendoroids. <laughs> it's it's my favorite childhood、okay. um, thing, and like I. Don't see a lot of really great SpongeBob merch. So like、yeah. I, when I felt like those like kind of crossed, like you know the、yeah. amazing quality of Nendoroids and my favorite Western cartoon, I was like,、sure. it was a no brainer for me. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, you're right. He is still very popular because isn't he released in that、um, Super Smash Brothers kind of clone mimicking game? There's a game that comes out that's on that side of it, right? With SpongeBob in it, but he's a fighting <laughs> character. He... I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like they're trying, they're trying to create this、um, different version of Super Smash Brothers. It's got like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. It's got like SpongeBob. It's got like some <laughs> Japanese characters as well. They're trying to make that kind of variant of Smash Brothers, where you know Smash Brothers is very Nintendo oriented. So, right, interesting. Yeah, still, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> still popular, yeah, still popular back in the day.、Uh, I'll probably main Shaggy or someone if I play that. I love, I love my <laughs> Scooby Doo mystery band. <laughs> Scooby Doo is、um, awesome. It is. It is. Yeah. Speaking of, of random purchases that I bought, right? I don't even know why. This just appealed to me. I thought if I if I could incorporate this into this kitty paddle from Fate Stay Night or something from into some videos as my little scepter or my little weapon of weeb weapon of choice. But、um, failing that,、uh, the little kids can can enjoy it. So <laughs> not even sure why I bought it, but it'll come in handy one day, I assume. It's cute.、Um, yeah. It's cute. <laughs> These things I haven't actually done before, but these are. Called paper theaters. Do you know about paper theaters? I've seen them. I've never made one. So I wanted to kind of challenge myself. So I thought I'll do a video where I do some kind of talking on a particular topic. It could be to do with anime, to do with games, or anything. But how do I spruce it up? How do I make it a bit more exciting? So I will be talking while trying to build one of these things.、Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not the best with my hands trying to model stuff. So this is kind of really appealing to me because I think, you know, it's going to take some effort to to put these together. 
might need some wood glue or anything like that. I'm already scared because I've just seen the back of that and how many pieces <laughs> are, are involved in that. But yeah. People watching along might might enjoy the uh, the um, terrifying experience <laughs> of trying to put this together. <laughs> oh wow! I hope it's not like super fragile because I feel like if you like rip something, that would kind of ruin the final product. Oh. <laughs> You're terrifying me already. Oh, no. I believe in <laughs> you. Very... You can do it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I've got your vote of confidence. That means a lot. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, in terms of kind of like displaying your figures, right? So I've seen some of the, the YouTubers, they're really good at their kind of lights, their kind of dioramas, their backdrops, even this faux fur. So I just bought a pack of this faux fur just mm -hmm. underneath the bunny figure because I heard mm -hmm. that the tights over time may get damaged. Have you kind of thought about how to uh, upgrade the, the kind of display? Yeah, so I do also have like that fur under like in it's I know it's hard to see, but like in my bookcases, I also have them like on anything that's kneeling um, okay. just to like preserve their, you know, like the stockings and things like that over yeah. time. Um, I did install like lighting in my detolf, things like that. Mm. I've raised some of them like the one next to me that you can't see. I've raised some of them to like accommodate for more height. Um, and sure. I do have like a lot of the clear acrylic stands to like give it some dimension. Um, in yes. terms of leveling it more, um, I'm not really sure I haven't thought about that yet. I do feel like I'm running out of space really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. So debating on like whether I want to switch out some of these shelves to get like shelves uh -huh. with more space, that they're yeah, taller, sure. or like uh, installing something on the walls. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. And one idea that I thought of that I don't think um, a lot of people have put into practice yet because obviously um, there needs to be a market for it. But I really wanted to get into the kind of 3D printing custom bases because mm -hmm. a lot of the figures have those, this, you know, horrendous, massive circular boring bases. They don't even need them, but obviously they need to stand somewhere. So if you build those kind of um, custom bases, maybe a bit of paintwork or get someone to do it, you can make some really like interesting, like the Ark Knights figures, right? How mm -hmm. incredible are those bases? Mm -hmm. And if you could do those kind of bases for the figures that you really, really like, wouldn't that like really stand out, really pop? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And I did actually purchase some like um, air dry clay to kind of start okay. making because yeah. like, you know, pop-up parades, like yes. they're very notorious for like ugly bases that are huge. Oh, yeah. So I tried or I didn't try yet. It's on my like list of things to do when I have mm. more free time, but sure. maybe it's something I can share with you when I'm actually like doing great. it. Yeah, but I, I do want to experiment with it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Would you would you let people see the process as you're learning, or would you like to be more refined first before you uh, <laughs> show the world? <laughs> yeah, I think it goes. It can be an either or thing. Like I used mm. to do a lot of like um, work with like clay and like things mm. like sculpting and stuff a long time ago. So I have some experience in terms of like working with products like that. Um, okay. I've never made anything custom for a figure yet but i think yeah. that's a really cool opportunity um so yeah i don't know i don't know if i would just like go for it in a video probably not i <laughs> probably want to experiment first yeah it makes sense that makes sense to me like uh and i i can completely believe that because you expose your creative side already from obviously not just your video making and and your kind of um scene but obviously cosplay as well you make your own costumes so you're really into the the kind of creative aspects and working talented with your your hands as well so i i imagine then any any kind of base that you eventually come up with must be like really really nice would you consider commissioning that would that be a side venture as well or is it a personal thing <laughs> 
maybe. I mean, we'll see how well they turn out. Um, and like, I don't make all of my cosplays. That would just take way too long. And like, <laughs> my mom, she works in like fashion and and like clothes making. So, oh, wow. yeah. So I had a little bit of a background um, mm -hmm. help with that. Uh, and like, I used to commission actually like these little like mini figurines that I used to okay. make out of um, oven baked clay. So it kind of yeah. it's kind of bringing me flashbacks of that. And like, I don't think I have an example handy, but yeah. It'd be interesting absolutely like yeah in terms of flashbacks i did make a model clay figure back when i was still in uh, cambridge uk um do you know the series hajime no ippo the boxing the boxing mm -hmm. series i've heard of it yeah yeah so i made a um a replica of a a boxer but i sculpted my own head on him mm -hmm. to try to <laughs> try to make my own little figurine so Aww. that must still exist somewhere in cambridge and maybe my parents house and i thought it's a pretty good effort if i can dig out a picture i'll, I'll show you you might be impressed considering that i'm <laughs> awful with my hands um but the likeliness is it, a little bit there it's just not painted that's awesome. first, obviously. Yeah. yeah that's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah and i i feel as though like youtube is really really good for allowing you to get some get your mind away from the world because obviously you're busy with your kind of day job i do a lot of um kind of software tech consultancy stuff so it's really you know the mind is constantly active but when you're doing youtube it's related to your kind of passion and your hobby and when you kind of have that outlet to, to present it how do you kind of control what is the next video that comes out because for me i've got so many things i want to do so do you prioritize it in terms of what you want to do or what the audience wants to see or the latest kind of popular topic or how do you how do you plan ahead so I usually go by what's been sitting in my room the longest <laughs> in terms of boxes. Um, also, like with the kind of like like evolution of my channel, like I've, mm. I do have like sponsor obligations as well. So oh, yeah. anything that is, has a, like a very hard deadline, I try to get to that first, um, which could then push back some of my other stuff. Um, and like I have boxes here from like probably April and it's what? almost November so um, that's why there's like a lot of randomness uh, in terms of my unboxings where like some things could be new and some things could be from like forever ago but like I just like didn't get a chance to open it until you know sense. recently yeah absolutely makes sense and in terms of that kind of sponsorship obligation because I I know there are a lot of youtubers out there who you know just starting the kind of journey so you mentioned the kind of uh, deadlines is, is that a deadline in terms of their they know what the video is going to be and they're wanting it released in a certain time frame or do you suggest like i'm going to be making this cool video i'm going to re be releasing it at this time and then you're just trying to stick to what you suggested to them how, how does that process work so i think it depends on each um like person or company that reaches out to you mm. um i feel like typically for me it has always been like they either pitch an idea or like they say like i'm gonna send you this i need this cool. to be published within a month you know that kind of thing yeah. and like it's whatever agreement that you you and your yeah, you know sense. yeah partner like agree upon but yeah typically i would say um i mean some i think partners i think are more open to like you pitching or like saying like hey i have a video that's like completely yeah. free do you want me to talk about you know x for 30 seconds or whatever and then they just like give you some pointers and then send you money <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so i think I'll it depends but generally yeah, yeah generally for like product-based ones they'll send you something and then give you a time frame of when they'd like to okay. see it yeah makes sense to me makes sense to me and in terms of like the the kind of um final uh office kind of setup so would you ever consider like 
getting more space for kind of dedicated area to do photo shoots because I know the the figure photography scene is actually getting quite popular as well and I've seen that Instagram picture with you with a massive camera so is that an area that you want to <laughs> you want to, to look at as well in terms of taking those you know really outstanding stunning images and dioramas of, of the figure the collections that you have to really showcase them? I haven't really considered it. Um, I think it is really cool that there is a lot of figure photography and that it is growing. Like, I think that's great. Um, but for me personally, I don't think I would see myself getting really into figure photography. Like the giant camera, that's not mine. Um, <laughs> so as part of my job, I, I manage our global photography um, team okay. for cool. esports. And like, so I work with a lot of amazing photographers who have yeah. camera and gear like that. Um, mm -hmm. cool. And they're just like, here, let me, you know, like, I just wanted to try it out. And then they snapped a picture, which um, kind of worked out for me. But, um, but yeah, I appreciate it. I don't think I would do it myself makes sense makes sense to me and what what i'm really really enjoying at the moment i've got a little smirk on my face at the moment so you're you're in a position where your network has like very very talented people so your mom's very very kind of creative in the fashion side of things you've got kind of photography you know how the esports set up the kind of production crews and production values which all lends itself to kind of youtube and your your own personal channel what is the thing what is the talent or skill set that you're missing at the moment that you'd love to to have someone to give you a hand or advice or experience in is there any area that you think i could really up my game there or if someone could really show me how to do this it'd be great yeah honestly i am a really amateur like editor like video editor like i edit all my videos but it's so basic like i can't do anything cool like i can't do anything flashy so i think if i had like some time and like maybe someone to like really like go through some like basic cool mm. things with like sure. I think that could really level up my like content game and also just like being more dialed into like what's trendy what's cool I know yeah. like short content you know short form content is really okay. popular right now mm. so like learning how to um, translate you know like figure stuff into that yeah yeah that makes sense to me uh in terms of, of the kind of editing and the time frame to, to make a video what would you say are the the kind of general high level estimates of how long does it take to shoot the clips and then you get into the editing how long does it take to edit and then the post-production stuff like the descriptions and and all the other kind of seo around that what would you say would be the general time frame for you to start to end to make that video yeah i did actually record myself like not record as in like video record but just like keeping track of like <laughs> yeah keeping track of of how long a video takes me and it's about 20 hours i would say per video um so about half of that time like i would say like maybe seven ish hours like i'll spend um just like putting together like the set and just like i mean it's not a very you know elaborate setup or anything but like just sure. making sure lighting is good i don't try to film a lot during the nighttime because i like to incorporate some form of natural light into my um videos yeah. and just like all of the different angles and things that you have to film and like i have a display stand but it's very slow so oh, it takes a long time to do like, like 360s pretty, yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah and i make it go around a few times just in case something is off you know like blurry or sure. something not in focus so um filming all of that content takes like about half the time and then of mm. course like getting everything uploaded um into like premiere premiere pro is yeah. what i use um okay. and then 
Yeah, <laughs> I do a couple rounds of edits. So I'll do a first pass where I just like get rid of all the really easy stuff to get rid of, like um, idle time in between like um, opening something, or if I find like one rotation looks perfect, then I just like immediately cut the rest of that rotation. Um, and then I do about three passes of that just to make sure yes. all the clips look good. And then I do voiceovers for um, just like talking about what's on the screen and then I'll go film my intro outro and then edit that and then I add in all the text and the music and then the pre pro like uh, post-production stuff with like um, YouTube thumbnails and like pictures and descriptions that takes about another hour sure wow that that's a very very good breakdown of, of the whole process i i'm i'm seriously impressed and you can tell you can tell from your kind of your videos your your channel uh the kind of composition and uh, you know the audience retention must be high because it naturally flows as well as you know listening to to your commentary as well um i'd say that yourself ken ken dtc reviews you know our friend derek um you can tell the production value there's a lot of thought going into it which makes me um incredibly like envious somewhat like i'm very impressed <laughs> at the same time envious because uh i think at the moment in terms of the potential of what i can do with the videos i'm very limited by time as you know you know time is is the most important thing so if i was going to be completely honest and i think people can probably realize it already i probably have a week maybe one hour to to film something and this is usually between 11 p.m and 12 midnight because that's when my kind of work shift finishes because mm -hmm. i work for a british company but i'm based in japan because time differences are a bit dodge so the midnight hour is my hour from persona and then so editing i probably have one hour on top of that to edit so if i need more than one hour or two hours it wouldn't have to go into like two weeks two or three weeks just to kind of get the editing done and then the post-production description sso seo thumbnails kind of stuff so a video from start to finish is probably around three hours, three and a half hours for me. <laughs> so it's a really awesome. <laughs> a restricted, really restricted time frame to do something that doesn't look absolutely pants. <laughs> so, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, videos take a long time, but I really do wish like I was maybe more skilled at like the process just so that I feel like my time like i do think i i like enjoy the process i love mm. the whole editing process even though it takes a long fun, time yeah, yeah like fun. i like filming but i love editing more so i think if i can invest more time into like leveling up my editing game because like i've seen the really sure. cool things i like derek it's... and like ken ken can do and i'm like yeah. like i derek has reached out and like asked if i you know wanted to learn which i do i just don't have time so time. Yeah. maybe the holiday season <laughs> absolutely no i appreciate it. derek derek's a lovely lovely guy yeah i'm a big fan big fan of derek um and in terms of kind of upping the game as well so i i have a game changer next year that will hopefully lift me from my 10 percent potential at the moment to hopefully at least over 50 you know it's subjective it's not <laughs> my call but I'm, I'm building a house next year in miyazaki japan so at the moment um because i haven't got permanent right to remain i we have just a apartment just a, a two-bedroom apartment and then this is actually an apartment 10 10 minutes down the road it's a very small kind of office very it's cheap as chips it's about you work in dollars right so it must be about 400 400 a month for this oh, wow. this office and it's yeah. set up but next year i uh, hopefully get permanent right to remain then the house the house is going to be built and in that i'm going to say this is my studio this is my office this is my workstation i have a place to display the figures 
proper you know proper setup rather than scattergun approach which i've got at the moment <laughs> and that's when i'll have the time to really kind of commit to you know the videography and, and the planning and, and the lighting um i have got some of the equipment it's just you know it's a bit physically impossible <laughs> to, to do in, in the limited space but i'm hoping at that time as well maybe if i learn any tips and tricks perhaps you know just send them on and it's similar in your your vein as well any, any tips and tricks that you've got in recording youtube i'd love to hear them because you know anything that can make the videos better it really content is king people really appreciate you know that time and that thoughtful process you can see it and i guess that's why your um followers are really really interactive like do you um notice the same people appearing often on your your kind of comment comment section on your youtube videos or do you see a lot of new faces how how is the response yeah, I would say like when I first started making videos, um, it made me really happy to see the same people and like mm. I was able to like, you know, follow up and be like, oh, how is this going? How's that going? Just because I felt like it was easier to make a connection that way and like it felt like I was building an actual community, which is really, really nice. Um, that's something I just really enjoy about the internet. Like there's a lot of bad parts about the internet, but <laughs> <laughs> it can also be great, you know, so yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, like even now I feel like with some of the videos that kind of randomly get more popular than others, um, definitely a lot of new like new names, but I do always appreciate seeing a repeat comment or like someone that's like very dedicated and like it, it like, like I really appreciate that. Like it's like for a lot of people, maybe it's like just like another name and like I know a lot of people don't really even read the comments But like I try to read every comment and like try to respond. I can't really keep up all the time, but yeah. I do appreciate it and um, There was always this fear of mine of like growing too big like because I know when people are very popular they get a lot of negative, you know comments as well like yeah, and it might not even be based on anything which like I wouldn't say I'm sensitive, like I'm not sensitive, but I don't, I don't really like to see like negative yeah, stuff. It, it affects everyone in a little way, you know, you just don't want to see it, you know, you know, you can blank it out, especially from being a League of Legends uh, player, you know how to put aside certain, certain people, certain commentary, but it's just not pleasant to see in your day, right? It's, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and speaking of those people, you know, that you, you do enjoy seeing is because they've kind of followed your journey from the start so certain people who've commented on those earlier videos you know when you weren't as well established and they're still with you on those on the journey i think those are the ones you know you you really come to appreciate because i, I really do believe in that concept you know if you weren't there for me when i was down or when i was small or you didn't want to talk to me or interact with me and it's not just like fans it could be collaborative collaborators and other people as well right when you reach out if they don't respond to you when you're at a sub count say mm -hmm. then when you are big and hopefully everyone gets big then and they reach out and come you know you don't forget you just don't forget those um those interactions or, or lack of interaction <laughs> let's say <laughs> and then um yeah yeah I, I do think as as part of this scene you the connections that you make and obviously the fans that follow you and the the forum to interact with is very important so it's not just the comments as well obviously you have the discord the discord and some people like like chatting there i'm actually still very uh, new to discord i'm learning how to do several of those bots and games and other things that that people are interact with so how, how did you um start that discord was it your kind of idea just to gather like-minded people together or yeah yeah so i started it when i was still um like pretty active on twitch and it was just an, like I think when I started streaming like 2015, um, mm. Discord was pretty new, like 
maybe it started popping up like 2015 2016 something like that um okay, yep. and like yep. so i was like really early into the discord scene because everyone like on the like in the twitch community was like raving about it and like how it like um i don't know if you remember things like uh team speak and like things yes, like that um, yeah it kind of like usurped all of that as like the yeah. way to connect not only like voice but also like through text and like building yes. a community i thought it was like pretty novel at the time so i got into it pretty pretty early and then a lot of the people that are currently in my discord are from oh. then as well so like oh. we have so many years of history, history. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely it's legacy at this point yeah mm -hmm. and uh in, in terms of like um the reason why they they stay along so i i think it's every youtuber's um ideal position that it's not that they are interested in a particular video topic or a series or topic but they want to follow you as a fan of you because then no matter what you do they obviously you know follow you on that journey because you know they invested in in you as a person and you, you brighten up their day just by seeing their videos how would you recommend that people who focus on one particular thing let's say one series bleach or naruto you know got big in that how do they transition into getting people to be a fan of them rather than just following their stuff because they like that series I think that's really tough. Um, I would say a lot of the more like personality type, you know, streamers or content creators, um, they have to develop like a brand or some kind of thing that they stand for, like yeah. at the core of like who they are um, for people to really attach themselves to. Like, cause I felt like I ran into a little bit of that issue when um, like, for instance, on my Instagram, like most of it was based on cosplay and a lot of my audience oh, yeah. was were fans of cosplay um so like when i do other things like i'm like i'm really i feel like i'm not giving my audience what they want you know that kind of thing but at at some point i was just like you know what this is my channel this is me and my life and i'm gonna post you know like whatever represents me at the time and you know whoever sticks around they'll stick around and whoever doesn't yeah. you know they don't um so i think just like being confident and like know who you are as a person uh, and then like whoever likes that they'll follow you exactly exactly because the journey itself is important and you've got to be true to yourself and what you want to do and what you want to kind of present to to the world and even if it's like one step back in terms of existing subscribers or existing viewers it's definitely two or more steps forward because you'll gain new subscribers of the actual stuff that you want to present and they're actually doing and if you have the confidence in yourself your content is good and you know i'd like to say if you're a good person as well then um you know naturally people will gravitate towards you and you'll build that that fan base that ecosystem and and that network and one thing that i think think really uh, brings people together at the moment in terms of anime figures is there's so much variety of figures available for me to purchase because the amount of series the amount of companies producing figures for you what are your top five pre-orders or figures coming out or figures that you want to come out what are the things that have the wow factor and you can't wait for <laughs> for them to be released hmm i feel like there's so many that i'm really <laughs> excited for um <laughs> Let me think. There is a figure coming out, I think in January of next year. It's like the Hokusai um, swimsuit yes. figure. I think it looks so cool. Yeah, like. Ah, so dynamic. So <laughs> yeah, <many> exactly. <laughs> like, I don't really like swimsuit figures, but for whatever reason, like, that figure just has, like, kind of a full package for me. Like, it's an interesting character, um, mm. really cool base. Like, she's got weapons. She's got, like, she's wearing a bathing suit, but it's more interesting than just yes. um, a two piece yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
that's one that I'm definitely very excited for. Um, the Junko, um, her bunny sound like is really interesting. The SpongeBob Nendoroids, <laughs> <laughs> really random, but I'm really excited for those as well. And then um, there's actually a few resin figures, like resin statues, that it's not part of the I guess technical like you know figure community, but they there's like um, what what is her name Kanao. I think there's one yes. of her, oh. yeah, yep. that's coming out that I'm really excited for. Oh, is that on the pre-order list already? Is it? It is, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So you've you've opened a forbidden door into the, the resin world, and so now <laughs> any any model that you like, you you there's no hesitation. You you have to <laughs> you have to go to the but it's huge. Where are you going to find the space to put all the resins? <laughs> I you know that's a problem for future me. You know. Fair <laughs> <laughs> for another day, just like pay later. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's always in the back of my mind when I pre yeah. something. Where am I going to put this? Like, what do I have to move around to make this fit? Yeah. Um, like, there's actually a like a saber one fourth. I got her like second ascension right. version, which is a huge one fourth, and like doesn't okay. really fit anywhere. So I actually had to pack it away which made me really sad but oh, i'm yeah. like debating if i want to keep it or not because it's beautiful but it just doesn't really yeah fit anywhere <laughs> is that the is that the freeing one with the saber mm -hmm. yeah yes. i have the exact same thought process initially it was right there in the middle but now i've moved it onto the side shelf because she's really pretty and it represents mm -hmm. saber and she's huge but you're right it doesn't fit it just doesn't like meld with the other ones because you've yeah. got bunny you've got kind of sexy you've got manly you've got whatever you want um and then you've got saber <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah that's true that's true what about your your partner does uh, what does he think of your your figure collection and your hobby does he have his own one or <laughs> he no he's not into it at all like he supports me and like that i'm into it um yeah. but yeah he's always just like oh another package came for you today that's like the third one this week <laughs> and i'm like oh, i'm it. sorry <laughs> so he, he like yeah like he's okay with it but he yeah. doesn't like participate himself Okay, okay. So let's say, for example, hypothetically, you, you've run out of room and the collection needs to spread out into the kind of communal areas that you and your partner <laughs> share. Who, who makes the decision? Who wears the pants in the house? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to be really considerate uh, and not let that happen. So like I have this second room as like my office. Um, like I work okay. out of here. Most of my work is remote. Um, so I work out of here. I've set this up as my office and yes. he's given me the entire space to do whatever I want, which... I'm gonna respect that and like not let it leave this room. Um, we Very have like good. little things like League, like League of Legends, like minifigures and yeah. things in the living room, but um, typically nothing nothing leaves this room. <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. Speaking of League of Legends figures then, so did you see that Misfortune and Lux kind of 3D painting yeah. thing? What, what's your take on, on those two releases? I think it's interesting. I, I have seen some of like the resin versions of that, which mm. um, I thought were also very beautiful. But having a like an official version out, I I thought the Lux one looked really really nice. I'm not yeah. sold on the Misfortune one. Misfortune one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure, makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a dangerous world because if you start hanging stuff off the wall and they start producing more of these these things where does it end all the wall space is going to be wall scrolls tapestries wall shelf um <laughs> you're gonna, it's not just going to be like vertical on a shelf it's going to be literally every space i've got some white space on the wall <laughs> right <laughs> it's so dangerous because like i want to keep things somewhat like 
I don't want to say minimal because it's not minimal, yeah. but like, mm -hmm. yeah, orderly, organized looking. I don't want it to look yeah. like just too many things. Like I want it to look like yeah. a collection, like a cohesive one. Yeah. So I think it would get really, uh, really dangerous really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. And just in regards to like um, the lines of, of figures. So, you know, League of Legends has so many characters and so many popular characters, people, mains and whatever. What do you think about the companies not releasing the full range of characters i'm always sticking to that one or two popular character like rem you know or or like uh, boa hancock or, or that kind of stuff what do you think that in terms of commercialization why why do they not create the whole whole range of figures the line of figures right i mean i think at the like at the end of the day like this is a business that needs to yeah. make money and even though there's like someone who's like a diehard fan of like i don't know the little dragon guy from ReZero Patrash or something, you know, like he has a, he has a like a little figure that's like with him oh. and Subaru, right? But um, like I don't think they would invest in like a one fourth figure of of that mm. character just because it. No one's probably gonna buy it except maybe those two fans who are obsessed Hardcore with it. Fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conversely, then. What about the male figure range? Because there is a high demand for a lot of the, the husbandos, but they're not getting the love at the moment, right? Yeah, and like I do hope that that changes, um, you know, in mm. the future as more like figure collectors that are interested in male figures become like more vocal and like um, purchase the ones that are currently in the market or soon to be in the market. Like I know Alter just came out with like a Giyu, um like scale figure and like Gilgamesh finally was like yes. released for pre-order. Like I got those, I pre-ordered those because like you said, there's not a lot of husbando, you know, <laughs> figures. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's just based on like market data on like what people have purchased in the past. And hopefully as that trend starts to shift, then, you know, more come out in the future. Indeed, indeed. What I found being in Japan as well, so when they do their research, a lot of it is predominantly on the Japan market because obviously that's where, where they're based. But I think international tastes are slightly different. So in terms of husbandos, I can understand, you know, the, the kind of Japanese otaku scene. They love their waifus and very protective of them. But internationally, you know, you can see the kind of demand for for the wide range of, of the figure collections. Um, and I think that's where the space for the husbandos will really come in. If they open up a, a line of kind of sexy, popular male figures <laughs> or even like not doesn't have to be sexy, but stylish, like in their suits mm -hmm. or, or, you know, stylish, whatever, uh, butlers. <laughs> I, um, I, I will actually make a video, by the way. I, I want to deep dive into the world like every piece of japan so i need to understand the boy love the boy love husbando scene i need to understand the deep <laughs> mind of the otaku where they love the the body pillows the anime pillows you know those <laughs> yeah. um, dakimakuros mm -hmm. i i have no shame so i will try everything just to kind of get a first-hand experience and feel of what what feelings get evoked <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's very interesting and like i do appreciate that in even in japanese culture like there's so many sub genres of like things that are people are obsessed with you know like the dakimakras like you said and like um doujins and stuff right yes yes absolutely i think i think i i mentioned it in the uh, anime podcast so like the categorizations of of people is really really unusual to me the fact that they they, um, especially guys, girls in Japan will categorize them by kind of condiment flavors. So kind of salty or saucy or spicy. What would you say your, your partner is? What, what kind of condiment fits his uh, personality? <laughs> is, he, is he a spicy lad? Is he more of a saucy <laughs> lad? Is he a bit of a plain Jane kind of salt? <laughs> mm, 
I don't. That's an interesting question. I, I mean, he's definitely a very solid, like um, dependable, dependable. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. he's the financially responsible one in this relationship. <laughs> you know, like if I need something, yeah. I can count on him. So sure, something sure. really solid, like has I don't to be know. sold. Then has to be sold. Always consistent. <laughs> always available. Goes with everything. Yeah, I always can, there. I can see that. <laughs> Let's go with salt, but he's not salty. <laughs> no, not salty. Yeah, yeah, that's a clear distinction. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, oh, I don't know what other flavors. It could be like sugar. It could be well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that world. I'm, I'm gonna leave it there for now. That comment. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of like kind of um, appearances as well, because obviously you're very very fashionable and you present yourself really really nicely as well. So is there kind of like um, a thought process behind the the look and feel of yourself? when you're on a particular video or do you just have your own style and you just go what you naturally look like hmm i would say i mean like i always try to be professional no matter mm. like what setting it is whether if you know it's like a work meeting or you know this podcast or like even my videos sure. like i try to be presentable and also like be mindful of like who might be watching because like when i used to stream yeah. my dad always watched my stream and <laughs> And I'm just like, he probably watches my YouTube videos too. My sister tells me that like yeah. she'll see my videos recommended sometimes, even though she doesn't collect, she doesn't follow the scene. Um, so I do always try to be mindful about who could be watching. And um, I would say this is like very typical, like what I would normally wear. Like I don't really wear makeup around the house. Um, even you, like okay. when I'm working, like if I'm not working um, remote, I'm typically not wearing any makeup or anything. So sure. um that takes a little bit more effort <laughs> yeah no i can imagine absolutely yeah uh, speaking of kind of parents so i had this um i told my mum a, a while ago that for this birthday i would be buying a, a gaming pc finally upping my kind of productivity rate no lag open my billion tabs with you know no delay <laughs> get you know upgraded because i'm still working off quite an old old dell um desktop to do a lot of my stuff and uh i told her yep i'm gonna splash out spend it happy days and then I was like, Prime One. I discovered the Prime One Figure Studios of, mm -hmm. of all the, the beautiful figures there, and I kind of got into Gantz. Do you know Gantz, mm -hmm, the, yeah. the series? So there's a beautiful, beautiful Raker and Anzu Prime One statue figures, and like, oh no, expensive birthday, <laughs> got a budget, PC figures, PC figures, <laughs> and <laughs> I was thinking of the best way to kind of present it. I was like, why not get my mum and say, Mum, I finally bought my birthday present. And then instead of the PC, I was like, you know, for productivity, I ended up with these two things. And as a classic Asian mom, she'd be like, oh my God, what is that? What is that crap? <laughs> you know, it would be hilarious. But, uh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Let's see the, the live reaction of a mom who's like super serious. She's like, you know, all about, you've got to be an accountant. Accountants make good money. Lawyers, lawyers make good money. That kind of, you know, vibe from, mm -hmm. from the Asian mom. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she'd be like, what is this? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, my parents were the same. I mean, they were not happy when I quit my job to you know pursue streaming yeah. full-time and like i knew long term obviously i didn't want to do that um sure. i love creating content and like developing relationships and like um yeah. making connections through content just like based on interests but i don't 
consider that something I would pursue full time ever. Um, So like I knew like where I wanted to work and what I wanted to do. um, And like my passions are in like creating content, but just maybe not for myself. Like I do like it, but like I also love helping other creators like grow and like I manage an influencer program and like just seeing them grow makes me happy and feel fulfilled. So yeah. That comes from a really pure place so your videos are informative you cater for your audience as well you want to make entertainment right entertainment is a big big factor of it because obviously it's not just about a tutorial like excel mm-hmm. tutorial or something right? <laughs> right. It's, it's about building the kind of um knowledge of a hobby of a passion of a thing mm-hmm. that you're really into but other people are into as well and they may not know because either you've got inside information or you've got your opinion on it and i guess that's that's the really heartwarming part as well the people value your opinion right so the mm-hmm. fact that they're watching your videos unboxing unveilings it's your opinions and your perspective and on your take on a particular series and and a figure and the people are accepting it and mm-hmm. you know interacting as well and you can get their point of view as well right and uh that's i think that is maybe the number one joy you get from the kind of anime and figure collecting community is the fact that everyone you know regardless of status or you know whatever they've got a work they've got a voice they've got a contribution to make and you're just someone in that but in a fortunate position where people your your opinion is slightly more valued <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that but <laughs> but i'm happy that people yeah. um seem to enjoy like you know what i like to put my time yeah. into i like that yeah yeah, no, that's really cool. That's really cool. And yeah, no, I, I completely appreciate all, all the time we spent talking about all these goods. I mean, the time has literally flown by. I was thinking why I was getting slightly hungry. It's because it's nearly lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, um, of all the goods, I picked up loads and loads of random goods. So I've actually got way too many goods here that I think I can show in this brief session. But I will offline show you like Aww. loads and loads of little <laughs> random, random cute stuff that I got. So cute. Pokemon and a Kimetsu no Yaiba kind of desk and a little mm. little coin purse and many 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 war scrolls I will show you maybe about uh, 20, 20 or so you tell me <laughs> what uh, if anything particularly catches your your interest nice little Danganronpa yeah. Gachapon that Gachapon so ball cool. collection there mm-hmm. so lots of really really fun I'm sure you recognize some characters um, oh, yeah if, if I close up so cool so I will give you a selection of maybe 20 or 30 or so goods. You let me know what you like and I'll send you a nice little Christmas box as a, as a thank you for, for coming on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> no, no, I, I really appreciate it. And I had a great time. I mean, I love I love talking about the, the hobby in general, but obviously you're very, very um, pleasant to talk to. Really, really easy and chill to talk to as well, which um, <laughs> is always a bonus. And uh, no, thank you so much, Joanne, for coming on the show. And I, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, thank you. I definitely enjoyed it. And like anytime you want to talk about weeb stuff i'm (laughs) i'm more than happy to (laughs) fantastic music to my ears and uh yeah so once again have a great day and we'll speak very soon